Hello and welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 38. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. I want to jump right into the short fiction today, because at the end of the episode, we're going to do some feedback and play a promo for another pretty cool podcast. You might have noticed that we have three stories up today. A Drabblecast trifecta. A power trio, if you will. This is because we get a lot of good stories that are too short to be their own episode, but too long to be a bona fide Drabble. We figured we could just occasionally lump these short shorts into an episode of tripartisan awesomeness. If you like this idea, let us know. If you don't, well, let us know that too. We really, really, really like hearing listener feedback. From technical suggestions, production, stories, format, marketing, accessibility, we'll appreciate any thoughts or suggestions you can offer. You can email them to drabblecast at yahoo.com. Our first story today is called Witness by Susan McKellarin. Miss McKellarin's work has been seen in a few small literary and science fiction poetry journals and anthologies, and this particular story was first published in LC39. So, without further ado, Witness by Susan McKellarin. Alert status. Mistress is here. Mistress has drink. Drink means spills. Spills mean work. Work for automated carpet cleaning machine, Model 3, ACCM3, affectionately referred to as Occam. Occam work hard. Occam best model available. Very best model. Action status. Mistress spills drink on carpet. White wool carpet. Occam advance quickly. Advance quietly. Stay out of mistress's way. Behind lamp. Beneath side table. Occam at spill. Liquor. High quality brandy. No problem. Best model available. Occam brandy. Occam work quiet. Occam make carpet good as new. Occam retreat. Beneath side table. Remain alert. Brandy makes mistress clumsy. Clumsy mistress always spills more brandy. Doorbell rings. Doorbell means company. Company means more liquor. More liquor means more spills. No problem. Occam best model available. Company enters. Black soles. Humph. Black soles mean scuffs on marble entry floor. Scuffs mean work for automated floor cleaning machine model 3, AFCM3, affectionately referred to as AFI. AFI, also best model available. Company's shoes dirty. Occam must work. Occam must clean. Occam... Dirt. Dirt. Mud. Dog feces. No problem. Occam best model available. Occam efficient. Occam clever. Occam clean dirt from shoes before dirt on carpet. Oof! Occam. 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 Occam against wall. Company kicked Occam. Occam too efficient. Occam back to station. Rest status. Wait until company gone. Occam clean mud and dog feces later. Mistress likes Occam. Occam best model available. Last model not so quiet. Last model not so swift. Last model not so compact. Occam best model. Alert status. Loud words. Loud words mean spills. Spills mean work. Work for Occam. 
Advance quickly. Advance quietly. Beneath side table. Company has laser gun. Laser gun means singed carpet. Singed carpet bad. No way to clean. Company maybe kick Ockham again. Company maybe damage best model available. But singed carpet very, very bad. Ockham advance. Company maybe kick Ockham. Uh, Ockham retreat. Laser gun fires. Singed carpet very, very bad. Ockham advance. Carpet not singed. Expensive white wool carpet in good condition. Blood? Blood on white wool carpet? Must clean immediately. Advance. Beside couch. Occam roof. Occam, Occam, Occam. Occam against side table. Company kicked Occam. Best model okay. Company laughs. Company bad. Company leaves. Dirty shoes leave. Dirty shoes track blood. Occam clean mud and dog feces later. Now must clean large wet blood. So much blood. Occam blood. Occam good. Occam efficient. Blood on couch. Ugh. White couch. Means work for automated upholstery cleaning bird AUCB2, affectionately referred to as Yukabi. Yukabi, not best model available. <laughs> best model in box in closet. Mistress should release best model. Mistress, not moving. Mistress should hurry. So much blood. Occam, blood. Occam cleans well. Occam, best model available. Blood stops dripping. Carpet, not stained. Expensive white wool carpet, saved. Occam, good. Occam, efficient. Follow tracks, clean tracks. Small, easy. Double check big blood, no blood. No stain. Affy finishes marble entry floor. Affy, best model available. You could be still working. You could be second best model available. Occam retreat to station. Occam work hard. Occam rest now. Occam rest until mistress awakes. Mistress will thank Occam. Occam's Razor, the principle attributed to Franciscan scholar William of Occam, that states the explanation of any phenomenon should make as few assumptions as possible, eliminating those that make no difference in the observable predictions of the explanatory hypothesis or theory. In other words, all other things being equal, the simplest solution is the best. Our next story is Wiggins General Store by Basil Godovenos. Basil's last work, we heard, was in the recent prose poem, The Truth About the Reaper, in Drabblecast 34. We're happy to have a bit of a longer piece from him today as part of our trifecta. So here goes, Wiggins General Store, by Basil Godovenos. If you're ever traveling through Nashford, Ohio, be sure to stop in at Wiggins General Store. It's like every other general store in small-town USA, it stocks up on bacon ingredients, cigarettes, soda pop, and all that silly, ubiquitous novelty stuff. There are a few things that set Wiggins General Store apart from the others, though. For one, <laughs> there really is a Wiggins. He's a charming, elderly gentleman, always with a kind word and an unlit pipe hanging from his lips. The other thing that sets Wiggins General Store apart is that Wiggins sells dreams. Now, I know, at this point, you might be rolling your eyes at that cliché. 
the old shop owner who can spin a fine yarn, beloved by the children of the town, enchanter of the passers through. Well, stop that ocular exercise, friend, because this ain't no cliche. Wiggins can't tell a tale to save his life, and anyone who knows him, well, is just a little bit afraid of him. But that don't keep him away from the store, oh no. Because when I say Wiggins sells dreams, I don't mean figuratively. They come in little tins, and they sell for a dime. Wiggins dreams do, and sometimes they're powdery, and sometimes they're a little waxy. They're always gray, though. Every single person, the first time they buy one of Wiggins' dreams, asks them what they're supposed to do with it. Wiggins will smile at them and tell them that dreams don't come with instructions. Some folks eat the dreams. Some folks dissolve them in water and drink them. Other folks rub the dreams in their skin. I even heard of one fella melted one of Wiggins' dreams into liquid and dropped it in his eyes. I heard he went blind, but then I also heard he's happier now than he ever was before. I suppose different folk need to use the dreams in different ways to make them work. That's why they don't come with instructions. Just about everybody in Nashford's visited Wiggins General Store one time or another. Some folks go in almost every day. The bacon ingredients and soda pop go mealy and collect dust on the shelves. The novelty trinkets are all a little rusty. Even the cigarettes are stale. But the demand for Wiggins' dreams is always high. He's never raised the price, though. Says everybody ought to be allowed to dream. Funny thing about Wiggins' dreams, though. They're stronger for some folks than they are for others. Some folks go in and buy a dream when the fancy takes them, once or twice a year. Other folks get so worked up over them that they're back every day. I know one fellow who bought his first dream from Wiggins when he was just eight years old. It was a real beauty, a whiz-banger. He could fly and he could run faster than the wind and everything tasted like strawberries. He told me that that dream made him feel better than anything he'd ever felt before. He's gone back to Wiggins every time he's had a dime to spare, hoping to get that feeling again. Now he's coming up to 30 years old, and all he gets out of Wiggins is nightmares. He buys about eight or nine of them a day. I see him sometimes, on the corner, caging for dimes from tourists, begging for a chance to fly again. I asked Wiggins once why he don't cut the poor fella off. He looked at me with a smile on his face, but his eyes were all cold and hard. And he said a man has a right to dream, and it ain't his place to take that away. <laughs> well, if you ever are traveling through Nashford, Ohio, be sure to stop in at Wiggins General Store. Like I said, it's, it's like every other general store, except, <laughs> well, it sells dreams. And our last story is Pork and Steak Eye Meet Philan Shepherd by Graham Fielding. Graham is one of our many beloved listeners and story contributors from the UK. He lives near Manchester, and you can find another one of his stories in Blood, Blade, and Thruster, Issue 3. So here goes, Pork and Steak Eye Meet Philan Shepherd by Graham Fielding. They never gave us faces. They grow those on a strip in a separate room. 
Aside from that, I'm in great condition. I tear it up on the exercise wheel before swimming the rest of the morning. Then I get into the protein tubes, and I tell you, <laughs> I feel like a million dollars. Not like my brother, Steak Eye. Last week, a group of faceheads came in and took him away. When he returned, he'd lost his arm, and his chest stitches had been opened. He's only been on the wheel once since, and he wasn't really into it. Not like me. Sometimes I think he'll end up like mints and just disappear one day. It's hard to find time to care, though, as I've had a lot of attention this week from the faceheads. When they measure my height and weight on the chart, they become ecstatic. It seems I've stopped growing. They even took off my skull helmet. They say they aren't worried about my brain growing any bigger. Suits me just fine. Philan Shepard himself came to visit today. Stake Eye and I were jumping around and clapping like crazy. Actually, Stake Eye wasn't. He hasn't really moved for days. Shepard spent a lot of time with me, admiring my muscles, squeezing my abdomen. He liked it all right. He had that glint in his eye, the one you see before he gets in the race car on TV. He looked sharp. When I heard on the news he'd been crushed in another collision, I expected him to be real banged up. But he looked great. Except when he hugged me, I could feel scars all over his back. Steak Eye was slumped over, looking sick. I didn't say anything, but if I had a mouth, I would have said, Now there's a guy who could use a bit of whatever Philan Shepherd is made of. Well, that was the trifecta. I hope you enjoyed it. Three stories isn't the usual for us, just an occasional break from the typical format. Feedback from episode 33, The Faux Fantasy Tale, Desert Storm, by Paul Needs and Chris Newbold. Loch Ness really enjoyed it, saying he thought it was fantastic. Hilarious voices, characters, and premise. I liked the Drabble story, too, although I had to listen to it twice to understand it, but that was probably just me. Kevin Anderson said that he had to listen to Dummy a few times as well before it clicked. But it was great. Well done. He then shared with us his epic and courageous junior high school struggle overcoming Dungeons and Dragons addiction. He says it's amazing how much more receptive girls are when you don't introduce yourself as Chromin Yar, anointed warrior of the Sacred Chalice. It's too bad that chicks don't think that's hot. Dungeons and Dragons, or maybe more appropriately today, World of Warcraft. Those are the type of things where the biggest winners are seen as the biggest losers to much of the outside world. And speaking of being a loser, here's a promo for a fun podcast that I think some of you listeners might enjoy. Stories about victory. Tales of overcoming adversity. Stories about winning and succeeding in the face of insurmountable odds. <laughs> we don't play those here. Diabetic in Candyland. Great moments and failure. Every even-numbered Monday, we play people's great moments of losing, like getting fired, getting dumped, or good old screwing up. Go to www.diabeticincandyland.com and check out the lose line and announce me leave your tale of fail. Learn to laugh at your mistakes, because we will. It's a fun podcast, very well done by Anthony Elmore, delightfully bitter and lighthearted at the same time. Well, that's all for this week. The Drabblecast uses a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you can share this with whoever you please. You just can't change it or sell it. 
Join our discussion forums at www.drabblecast.org. And if you have some loose change jangling around in your PayPal account, feel free to donate to us via our PayPal link on the website so that we can pay our authors and keep getting you fun flash fiction. Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and myself, Norm Sherman, reminding you that Singed Carpet is bad, Wiggins does not accept American Express, and Philan Shepard is just using you for your body. The evening saunters to closing, the waitress turns chairs upside down, piano player picks up his tip jar and drink. A magician was driving down the road. Then he turned into a driveway.